Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Hello, this is Siri, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Not Real Art. I live for this shit because it's totally lit. Welcome to series favorite creative culture podcast, Not Real Art. It's your boy, Sourdough. And I have bad news for you listeners. Unfortunately, your favorite host, Man One, is not with us today, but I have the next best thing. I have Heidi Johnson from Hijinks PR. Hi, Heidi. Hi. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's kind of weird not having Man One here, I have to say. I bet. It's like your other half. You know, it's my sure. my uh, partner in crime. Yeah. Yes. So he's not here. So you're my partner in crime today. Okay. I'm not used to being on this side of the microphone. So <laughs> well, this should be fun. Like the yeah. whole thing about what we're trying to do with Not Real Art is to take the pomp and circumstance right out of the conversation and be real about our passions for art and design and creativity and have fun with it. Absolutely. Yeah. What's on yeah. your mind these days? Well, <laughs> Designer Con. Yes, uh, coming up. Which is happening this weekend, and it's the first year at Anaheim. So it's no, all no, nothing happening. to stress about. Nothing to stress about. <laughs> nothing so far. I mean, not on my end. We've been the press has been pretty good, so right, right. we're we're good on that. But I'm I'm yeah. I've got a couple clients who are also doing the show, so I'm also trying to like make sure they're all prepped and everything to go. Right, right. Well. So are yeah. people feeling? How are people feeling about Anaheim? I think there was an apprehension at first, mm -hmm. and I think now people are starting to come around just because, you know, they've just added cooler stuff, and there's right. more stuff, and I think that it's driven more traffic. Well, it's yeah. decon time. Exactly. Everybody loves decon. Yeah. But people, decon is notorious for people. So it's not like Comic-Con where people like plan four months in advance. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, decon is here. You know what I mean? Right, so I right. think like all the ticket sales and all the buzz sort of happens two weeks before. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Which it's is exciting. pretty much like everything now. You pretty much it's like, a, you know, those two weeks before really when you sell tickets, right. you know. So. Right, right, right. Well, we will be there. Yes, Not I will know. Be there. Crew West I mean, will be there. Man cool. One will be there. And you will be everywhere. I'm yes, sure. I mean, you'll be I in the will. press booth, but you'll be probably taking journalists throughout and yes, know, doing yeah. what you do, working exactly. your mojo. Exactly. Excellent. Trying Excellent. to get people's pictures taken. <laughs> so, are you guys going to broadcast from there? We are not broadcasting from there. There's been a lot going on uh, on our side. And so we just decided to limit our presence to the booth and some fun stuff going on in the booth. And, you know, who knows for next year, but yeah, this year we're keeping it simple. As you know, the last couple of years for us at Decon have been pretty robust yeah, in terms of yeah. helping to produce and sponsor the party, the panels, you know, so on and so forth. But so this year we're taking it easy. 
<laughs> well, t- talk about the panel. Speaking about the panels, you've got some exciting stuff coming up. <laughs> well, we have a couple things going on. We have Titmouse Studios is actually doing, they're not doing a panel, but they're doing a whole series of shorts. Mm-hmm. So they're screening all these shorts in between panels. And basically, it's their best and their brightest animators. They've given little budgets to to make short films, and they're going to be screening them at DesignerCon. How yeah, cool is that? That should be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very excited about that. And then, and that came about because John Schnepp was a, pretty big in the nerd art world. He passed away. You said nerd. I know, but he passed away unexpectedly right before Comic-Con. Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry to And he ran one of the blogs. And anyways, he was going to host all the panels and he passed away. So I went to Titmouse and asked them to help us a little bit, Chris Pronounsky. And so he came up with the the shorts thing, which is super cool. And then we have a panel with Shana. Shana Nias Dambrolt is doing two panels. She's doing the Camille Rose Garcia panel with Martin Moisier, and they're talking about stop motion and taking something from 3D into stop motion and animation. And then she's also hosting the Giant Robot 25. Um, So this 25 years of Giant Robot, which is super cool. Kid Robot has a panel. They're talking about new releases. And then we also have a whole VR section this year. So we have a tech section. And there's this really great curator that I worked with on this show in Pasadena, who's the editor of VR Scout, which is the biggest like virtual reality um, blog or publication out there. And Jesse, he curated this small show in Pasadena, but it was so impressive that I asked him to bring part of it to DesignerCon. So we'll have that and there'll be some discussions on VR and XR and augmented reality and how you can sort of work that into your art and all that. I have a confession to make. Sure. have a hard enough time with reality, let alone virtual reality. I agree. And I have to say, but what I will say, the what is very specific, this isn't VR in the way that you're sitting there going through some sort of gaming situation, or it's the whole point is to show how fine art can work in a VR. Interesting. Very cool. Atmosphere. And so the artist's that have been chosen are actual fine artists who have brought their work into VR. Nice. And that's what's super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that is like, and also for artists, like there's one artist, Nancy Cahill, who's amazing, but she, you know, she's a woman in her fifties who's always been an incredible illustrator. Her work sells, you know, well, her work is all black and white graphite stuff and it's all based on trauma. And she was feeling frustrated because she felt like she wasn't getting her point across through the the work. So her son built her a computer and she took her sketches into VR. And now you can literally go through these sketches and the drawings and see where they nod up and kind of work your way through them. So that's where it's really cool. Well, her son just upped totally. uh, the game for my son. Well, and she also, she just did a TED talk because of it. Okay. Like she's, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wow. So, so for the listeners, uh, what's her name again? Uh, Nancy Baker Callhill. And that is her TED talk available at TED.com? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's good. Sure. We'll have to check yeah, it out. She's cool. She's, I, she's one of my favorites. That's yeah. super exciting. Yeah. I love the different cool. dimensions and there's a Jurassic Park uh, thing happening. Yeah. So my friend friend yeah. Jane Dope, who does Eat Your Art Out. She's a curator. She also works with Titmouse. I've worked with her before. She curates like a lot of theme shows. Like she did she did the Broad City tribute show. She's she's just done shows like that at Meltdown for years. Right. So, Rest in peace, Meltdown. Yeah. And so Ben wanted to do this Jurassic Park show. And so I was like, she's the perfect curator for this. So she and it looks amazing. I just and actually in my pitching, I I wasn't even thinking about it, but that was like the the thing that the Hollywood Report 
reporter picked up on and they really liked it. And the images, the, the art is fantastic. So uh, that's great. really cool. How exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I mean, we got a lot of ground to cover at Decon this weekend. Yes, you do. It's going to be fun, though. I'm. It's going to be like summer camp. So. <laughs> I mean, that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, for sure. For I sure. will be slipping away to the Tiki Bar at the Disneyland Hotel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I'll be there with you. That's the thing. Like, I get to drink this weekend. Like, I don't exactly. have the last, you know, last uh, two decons. I was too stressed exactly. out to, you, you know, like really have enjoy fun myself. This time. Yeah. And I feel this. Not that I'm going to be out, but I also feel like. I think this is my third year with Designer Con, so I feel like I have a lay of the land a little bit more and know what to expect. And, well, and then yeah. so in terms of scheduling, though, it's a little bit different because historically, because it was kind of a new thing, figuring out the VIP party, best thing. Of course, this is a new venue altogether, but the VIP party last year was on a Saturday night. It was on the, the opening day night. This is actually the eve. The, the VIP party this weekend is Friday night, right? Nope. Oh, it's not. It's Saturday night, but it's all contained in the convention. So. Oh, okay. So, so good. So let's clarify this. So then what's happening Friday night? Friday night is just a VIP preview. It's usually, you know how normally Saturday morning, everyone would be lined out right. outside. Yep. Now you can instead come oh, Friday brilliant. night okay, and pick up all your stuff. And then Saturday will be the first big day for everyone. So it's Friday nights only for VIP. You right. have to buy a VIP ticket. And then Saturday night is open to the public. And then in the evening will be Secret Walls and then Chevy Metal, which is the Well, it's uh, the heavy... drummer from Foo Fighters, right? Right. It's actually a lot of the Foo Fighters. They right. kind of come in and out. So right. we'll see who shows up kind of Bye. thing. Yeah, that's what we want. Although I saw Dave was making barbecue for Malibu people, so I wouldn't, I right. wouldn't, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. But anyways, it should be super fun. You well, know, that's we'll awesome see. also that Shana's doing those panels. She's badass, so that's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's excited. And I think this is sh her first time doing Designer Con. So, right. and we worked with them, not her specifically, but another writer at the LA Weekly ended up writing about it this for this year and everything. Well, so. so, but you sit at a really interesting place in the LA art scene because being in PR and publicity, right, you kind of are at a nexus in many ways because you have multiple clients, multiple things going on. Um, what are some of the other artists or openings or things that you're chewing on right now? Because I know you're okay. really busy. I just had an opening this Saturday for a French graffiti artist named Pro176, right, right. who showed at this gallery. It's a new gallery in West Hollywood called Five Art Gallery. And they're mainly focusing on French graffiti and urban artists, okay. but they'll probably expand a little bit. They're they're super tied in with risk. And so they've also been selling some of his work. So we'll see how wh where they end up in a year or so. But the thing about this show, so this is this guy, he's fantastic, super graphic. His name is Rudy. He was, he didn't make it to the opening. He was detained. Oh, snap. Yeah. So they had, we had a whole beautiful wall for him downtown in the heart of the arts district next to like Vile and Risk. And we had all this stuff set up for him. And basically he was, he's a French artist. He's brown. You're right. And there you go. he was coming from Traveling Central America because he was uh, at a mural festival in Central America. And he got to, after a 12 hour flight, he got detained at LAX for 31 hours and they put it there's I didn't know there's actually like cells at LAX and they basically went through his entire Instagram while he was in that cell and they came to the conclusions that he was a heavy pot smoker and that he must have been here other times 
getting paid for walls. So they said that he lied because he said he was coming in on a, not this time, but other times coming in on a vacation visa and it should have been an artist visa. So they basically packed him up and sent him back. And so that was that. And there was no talking to them. I mean, we got a lawyer, like it was a whole thing. And so we had an opening without the artist, which was quite a bummer. But we had a good, I mean, you know, and it was the night of the fight, like raging fires. And it was just like, it was one of those nights, you know, where you're like, every possible thing that's not in our favor is happening right now, right. you know, so. Right. Oh, that poor guy. It's a bummer because, you yeah. know, I mean, as an artist, they spend like a year on a show and, you know, it's a gamble, you well, know. Well, and then to go and use his own Instagram account against them. Everybody needs to be, because he even said he doesn't speak good English. And, and Pot's he, legal in California, well, he said, thank I, you very the much. Only, the, the English things that he could say was like, I thought it was legal here. And they're like, not federally. So kind of a bummer. So that, <laughs> this gallery is great though. They're going to have a big showing at the LA Art Show. And they're actually bringing like a bunch of risk pieces to be shown at the LA Art Show. So that's great. And then, I mean, I do the LA Art Show. So after Designer Con, it, it, my big things are Designer Con, LA Art Show, and then the art. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> reveal, mind. you know, other good things at the right times, but okay. yeah, well, that's exciting. Well, I mean, yeah. so, right. So that was a crazy show, but it sounds like all things, cause were you happy with the attendance that considering the considering night, the sure, night, you, know. you know, I mean, well, he's, he's got alone, some Jesus. really good friends. So like yeah. scene came and, you know, to support, but you know, I think for the gallery, who's like a young new gallery, they were a little bit disappointed, but we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll see what happens. And then I'm, you know, next year, I, I'm kind of mainly just focusing on bigger PR projects and then a couple of management well, okay, projects. So I'm going to work with Camille Rose Garcia next year. Awesome. So that's a big. That's, that's huge. Yeah, that's great. So, okay. So, because I know I want to talk a little bit about LA art show because that's yeah. exciting and coming up, but between then, between now and then we have Art Basel. Are you going to Art Basel? I'm still on the fence. We'll see. We'll see how I feel after decon. I was looking today. Initially, I was going to go uh, for a project, but I, and without naming names, I actually had to fire a client recently because he's an outspoken Trump supporter and I couldn't take it anymore. So Interesting. <laughs> and normally that right. stuff wouldn't, I would just, yeah. but he was so outspoken about it on social media and I just felt like he was a hindrance to himself and yeah. well, I couldn't. You know, look, if you don't share value systems. Absolutely not. You know, and when it came down to him saying, well, why don't you pitch me for like Fox News and stuff like that? And I just thought, yeah, this is where I have a choice. <laughs> I got to believe in it. You got to believe in it. Right. Absolutely. So, um, so I was going to go for that guy who was painting some big jet, <laughs> so, but I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm going to see, we'll see. I might pop in for like a couple days. I normally only go for like the scope opening yeah. and then get out of there by the weekend. Cause it's so hectic, right. you know, you're going though. Yeah, I am going, uh, I'll arrive on Thursday and I leave on Monday. Okay. You'll have fun. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Man's uh, man. One is exhibiting in a show. Don't ask me which one. I'm not sure which. So he and his wife, Laura are going and my wife at this point isn't going, but be down there, you know, harassing man one's wife. Cool. Well, <laughs> if I way. go, I'll let you know. And there's yeah. a bunch of stuff going on too. If you, I'll, I'll let you know if there's. We'll be fun. Let's go. Wanna... Let's get, let's go have some fun. Yeah. Come on. Let's I mean, go it, it would be fun just to go and not really. Ha I don't have to be there, but right. just to go to actually check but then it again, out. It's also nice to just stay home and chill. 
It's true. <laughs> Especially with what's coming up and we you know, say nothing about the holidays. God God help us. But then the LA Art Show. What's exciting? Because last year the LA Art Show was your first year with them? Yes, and I was right. terrified. Right, so sure. this yeah. year I feel more comfortable and we're having a love fest and we all like each other so much. Where before, you know that first year you're all like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this year and I was I got to be more involved in some programming and things like that, which is cool. I you know, they really rely heavily on me for Littletopia last year just because of my connection to Greg Escalante and all that. And this year I really wanted to be able to focus on the entire fair and not have that be like my main thing. And so I wanted to also bring in a new curator um, and have someone sort of take it over. And so I proposed Caro, who is the curator from Corey Helford Gallery. And she's sort of this young fresh curator to watch. She's definitely, and she's a little bit more tied in. She's in lowbrow, but more on a, you know, Asian art, Japanese art, things like that. And I just thought she'd be a nice fit. She'll, she's teaming up still with Red Truck. So you still have sort of that New Orleans, you know, kind of, you know, dirty art mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> kind right. of vibe. So, but because it's Caro, the Little Topia is going to be the archway will be done by Doss House, which is cool. The couple who does everything in cardboard. And then Camille Rose Garcia is the, the Lifetime Achievement Award. So she'll be presented by Robert Williams. And then um, I'm not sure what they have showing in there, but then we have a bunch of stuff coming from Central America and we're doing a whole series on Japanese ink painting, um, like through the ages Risk will have two, he's having the cop car that was in Beyond the Streets and this huge silver shark that are going to be like staring at each other. I mean, because the whole story, he he always wanted those pieces shown together, um, but they did that didn't happen at Beyond the Streets. And the whole point of that is because a shark is considered the biggest predator, he was thinking, what is the biggest predator in the hood? And it's a cop car. So he, so that's, they're supposed to face each other. So it will finally be seen as he intended. Yeah. So we have some cool stuff. It's going to be fun. You know. Well, let me just uh, make it official here. I'm volunteering my podcasting services to you. Like it'd be so fun yeah. to do like a series of like interviews with LA Art Show artists. You know? Yeah, let's propose it. You know? Let's do it. That'd yeah, cool. let's tell Kim because I'm I'm sure they'd be open to it. They did it last year, but they haven't. That person's not coming back. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. that's it's it's yeah, a yeah. great show, and it's changed a lot. I mean, they're, I mean, yeah, over the last they're really, few years, you yeah. know. The that's funny about, I've learned a lot about art fairs and fair life. Like right. that's a whole other, because when I was, I was just in, I just did the Black Panther show in Chicago. And I want to hear about that. Yeah. But I m met up. So the people who own the LA Art Show, they also own a lot of smaller satellite fairs. One of them being Sofa in Chicago, which is more decorative arts. Yeah. A lot of glass, like everywhere, like, oh my God, I cannot, there's too much glass here. But, and just in talking to that woman and, it's a whole other lifestyle, like the fair life. And and like Kim Martindale, who runs LA Art Show, he doesn't just have that. He has basically a fair every month. Nothing as big as LA Art Show, but he's traveling all year to fairs. Like he's got like, you know, the tribal art fair in, in Santa Fe. He's got something else in Seattle. Like it's a it's an interesting life. I feel like that should be like a Christopher Guest documentary is like fairs. Totally, They're right? They're so crazy. That's a great premise. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's a great premise. I know. There's like a mockumentary because it's so crazy. So, you know? The, the yeah. game writes itself, <laughs> basically, right? I know. All, all the characters are right out of Central Casting, but they're real life people, I know. People, right? It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I was just in Chicago for the Black Panther show. I did... My old stomping ground. Yeah. And it was my first time in yeah. Chicago and I loved it. It was such a great city. So I had done the Black Panther show in LA and they hired me to do Chicago. And I was like, I don't know Chicago at all, but I can figure it out. So it was good. And they were at, there's this place called Art Bank in, on the South, south side. side. Yeah. 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 And this guy, this artist, his name escapes me at the moment. He paid the city $1 for the space yeah. and has turned it he into has a this. TED talk as well. Yes, he I does. I forget his name, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Thacer, Thacer, something with it. Yeah. Anyways, he turned the whole place into this amazing cultural center. The upstairs is a beautiful library that anyone can come use. And it's all, it's all black literature. And like, it's, it's rad. Like, it's so cool, this space. And the Black Panther show was a perfect fit. And it was the biggest show they've ever had. It was like lines out the door and it was super cool. And we got a lot of good coverage, NPR coverage. Right. And and the cool thing is, is they're breaking ground on the Obama library across the street. So it was a really, and it was just, I realized for me, and this, this particular, this show is a moving show by Sepia Collective. And so they started in LA, they did a version in Oakland, they did Chicago, and then next year will be New York. And you know, they're really going around and educating people about the Panthers and yeah. sort of their story, not what you think the Panthers right. are. Because, you know, the Panthers, like, their whole thing was like feeding people and being right. in the community and all this stuff. So, but this show is really heavy on female Panthers. But, and but racist white people don't give a shit about any of that. No, exactly. So, just, you know, yeah, no, I honest. know. I mean, this whole thing was about female Panthers. And there was an incredible panel with like five 75 year old revolutionaries, you know what I mean? Who are what, just. What are we doing with our lives? unbelievable and I just and I realized for me like I'm not even here to talk I'm just here to listen like my whole job this weekend like it was so powerful that I was like I'm just here to listen to this stuff because what do I know you yeah, know right 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 yeah a white person in that context just keep your fucking mouth it shut it was a little weird I was basically I could tell there were a couple ladies in the mix who were like, like really a white publicist well yeah no yeah, like, right? it's interesting because I don't think of it in that way and I, well, I totally very, get it I mean, I'm sorry Chicago's very segregated it is still one of the most segregated cities in the country yeah. so and I definitely felt that vibe not that anyone was no, no, you know exactly uh, no, but no. I could definitely tell they were like oh you couldn't get a black publicist right, you know right, what I right, mean right, and, right, right. and I got that you know so I just kind of like, yeah. you know, did you my thing. put the black face on and everything was fine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Fro. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh dressed my God. up in costume. No, it's performance art. It's not racism. It's performance <laughs> I just art. want to fit in. Um, no. <laughs> I thought one of the most powerful things that one of, and it just resonated with me, one of the women stood up, also probably in her 80s, mm. and she said, you know, the, the, the saddest thing that's happened, you know, in the last two years is realizing that, you know, the the majority of white women voted for whiteness over womanhood. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> like, just to, I don't, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like, just to actually hear it yeah. was just really like, yeah, we suck. You know? <laughs> like, it's like, I mean, I don't know about you, but this election, I mean, it's the midterms. Yes, it was a little bit of hope. And yes, we're in, we're in the house, but it also like, you're looking at that thing and you're like, we are racist. Like this country is just, it's so depressing, you know? Well, you know, as my wife was lamenting the results uh, of last Wednesday's, uh, well, you know, Tuesday's um, elections, and as we were talking about on Wednesday, you know, there's a lot to be discouraged about 
you know, but there's also a lot to be hopeful about. And, you know, the reality is, you know, we like to forget that this country was founded by white supremacists, supremacists. I can't even say it. Um, And I'm glad. And, you know, and in this country was built on genocide and rape and, and everything, you know, everything evil. Yeah, all the good, cool stuff just happened in the last like 20, 30 years. So, absolutely right. And, and, you know, and by the way, the, you know, not to be a conspiracy theorist about it, but I think Obama's election, when I voted for Obama both times, I loved Obama, but he was not at all a perfect guy and not a perfect, you know, he's a politician and he's, you know, flawed human being, a good human being, but whatever. I didn't agree with everything he did, but, but I think the, the sort of deep rooted, you talk about deep state, the deep rooted white power structure that really holds this country together, sort of like, oh shit, this is, this is changing. It's real. Um, and now this overcorrection. Yeah. I mean, what it is, is it's, it's, it's really scared racist people yeah, no, no, who are like, sure. wait, white people aren't really empowered anymore. I mean, you look around, I mean, not even California, the United States, it's not a white country anymore where people, the average American doesn't look like what you think the average American looks like. Well, you know? the, the, the issue also is, I mean, there are many issues, right? I mean, it's so complex and, you know, we it, it, talk about it's great and it's helpful, but it's also like sometimes a disservice to the complexity of the, the issues. But, you know, when Trump got elected, I'm from, I was born in Gary, Indiana. Okay. I grew up outside Chicago and I lived in Chicago a long time. I moved to LA in a one, but I've traveled all over the world and, you know, I've been fortunate in that way. But the reality is uh, I'm from the Midwest. So when I moved to LA in a one, and I remember talking to these guys at this dinner once and, and they said, oh, well, where are you from? I said, Chicago. And they quickly said, oh, the flyover city. And I said, excuse me? And he goes, well, it's the flyover city. You fly over Chicago to, from L.A. to New York and back. And I just looked at him. I said, you know what? Keep flying over. Yeah. <laughs> Keep flying over, fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Because the reality is the coasts are living a bubble. Yeah. And, you know, some of my liberal L.A. friends who were shocked that Trump got elected, I wasn't shocked because I was going back home. Right. And, you know, my parents hate Trump, didn't vote for Trump. But I saw Trump signs But it's not everywhere. like we're here. I mean, I grew up in L.A., so I have a very different word sure. being heard of. You know, like if I meet a Trump supporter, it's like, what? It's like an anomaly. You know <laughs> what I mean? from the 909. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I imagine middle America, it's much more common. You know what I mean? Where it's just like it is what, I mean, there are well, Trump it is. supporters. I mean, look, yeah. you know, rural, it's not like they're hiding. Where I feel here in L.A., they might be hiding. They're hiding here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I don't know, not to, I mean, this is kind of maybe an interesting segue, but I don't know. Have you seen the price of everything? I turned it on last night. I was so tired. I fell asleep, right, okay, but I okay. watched a bit of it. I well, do want to finish it. Yeah, they yeah, talk yeah. about how so many of the, you know, Uber art collectors, of course, are really Trump supporters as well. And the disconnect, right, between the artists that make the art and the p- people that collect the art, so on and so forth in terms of politics. Anyway, the point is, is that, yeah, you know, I mean, we live in these bastions of liberal values and that's, I'm so grateful, right? That we live in a place where pretty much nobody gives a shit who you are, what you do, as long as you're not a fucking asshole to them, you know, no one cares about your gender or your sexuality or whatever. It's like, it's, it's based on merits, really, <laughs> you know, and I'm grateful for that. And you wonder why other people don't want to live in a world where it's kind of unconditional love unless, you know, you're an asshole, you know, but that's not the world, you know, we live in, you know. And, you know, although I was, <laughs> I was uh, talking to a friend, so I had to go home recently, right? 
uh, for my dad had surgery, whatever. And so I was back there helping him. And, and so I'm driving around, you know, my old, uh, neighborhood and old haunts in Indiana. Yeah. Northwest Indiana, about 40 miles outside Chicago, right near Gary. And so I'm driving around and of course it's Trump country. And I'm a white guy, right? So like, you know, uh, there's nothing that they're going to dislike about me unless they maybe talk to me, right? I tend to turn off people when they talk to me. (laughs) And anyway, you know, driving down the road, people are so nice. They yield the right of way. They let you pull out. They wave to you when you drive by. They wave to you, you know. And then I come back to LA, this place where we're like, you know, supposed to be accepting of everyone. And we're, I'm driving down the road and people are fucking assholes. They're you know what I mean? They're so flipping you off. Pissed. They won't let you, cutting <laughs> you off, flipping you off. I'm like, wait a minute. That's a weird disconnect. Oh, no, yeah. It's totally flip-flop because it's like people here, they'll totally accept everything, but not you your know, not your driving. No. It's like, you know, the doggy dog it's world insane. on the 405. And now know? it's like even like crazier because people are just on their phones. I think here more than anywhere. Although I have to say in Chicago, I've never had more scary Uber drivers. I mean, they they were insane, like crazy. And also like it total rideshare, not like, hey, let me accommodate you. It was like music blaring and like, and not even asking me if I wanted it down. You know what I mean? It was like, and it happened like four or five times and you're like, wow, they don't. We, I went with my friend Paige, who is the Good Luck Gallery, and we rented an Airbnb in the, like, Right on State Street, like right by the water and everything. So you were probably Gold Coast area? Uh, yeah, I mean, we were Gold literally Coast. could walk to the to the Art Institute and okay. Could so yeah, take you were the, downtown, kind of yeah. proper New East Side kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I yeah. did the one tourist thing that everyone said I should do, which was the architectural boat tour, which was guess amazing. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we did it at like dusk, and it was so cool. And docents who run that, they know everything. Like I was surprised, like how much information and. Right. You know, it was so cool. when well, like growing up there, right? So you grow up going to the museums in Chicago all the time, which was like but see, the other know. thing. I don't think people realize that the Art Institute, like, I mean, I knew it was a good museum, oh, but it's like every time you turn a corner, you're like, they have that piece. Like, it's insane. It's insane, and, and you need like a couple of days. You like, do, it's, and just for yeah. the museums, because yeah. not only are the art museums amazing, but you have the Field Museum and the yeah. Science and Industry Museum, and you know, those are epic. But I moved downtown to finish college because I started at Indiana University and then I finished at Columbia College, which is a small private liberal arts school right there on South Michigan Avenue. And so I used to live in a building sort of right there at Randolph and Lakeshore Drive and Columbia was down on South Michigan. So I would walk and often. So one night I'm walking back after class and it was like nine o'clock or something. And uh, this homeless guy uh, asked me if I had a cigarette. And I said, well, no, I don't have any smokes, but I got a joint. Because I used to, back in those days, I had a, often in my wallet, I would have a, a condom and a joint. <laughs> you know, because a single guy, right? You got to be got to be prepared. I mean, anything's possible. You've got, got ambiance all in your wallet. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> and so he's like, he's like, seriously, I'm like, you want to smoke? He's like, yeah. So I sat down. We sat, literally sat down on the steps of the Museum of the Art Institute. Right between those lions. Yeah. And smoked this joint together and hung out for about an hour. 
And it was just one of those magical moments, you know, where you actually sit down and talk to somebody and get to know them. And uh, anyway, love that city. Great Yeah, memories. it's a beautiful city. I was really, the whole time I'm like, gosh, I could live here. Like I could totally be into this. Everyone was just like, come Wait back in weather. February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and you know, back in the day, right, you used to have sort of four proper seasons. You would have a spring and a fall. Right. And those are glorious times. And yes, the winter was harsh, but at least you had, now it's just hot, humid, intense summers and cold long you know yeah. wet winters. I mean for what I understand we were there and it was like fall and it was lit- it was like 65 70 Perfect. and people are like this is unheard of yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so awesome. yeah which also here we I mean talk about global warming like normally this time we have I was thinking about when I was a kid, this is this was like rainy time. Like right. we would have rain. No, no, you know? I moved to yeah. LA in 01 yeah. and I'm telling you that when I moved when I moved here in 01 for those first few years in the aughts um, there was rain in the rainy season, however, however you define that. And it was never a hundred degrees in October, November, and there were no bugs. Yeah. Now we have bugs. Now it's a hundred degrees in November and we have no rain. When I was a kid and you would go to Santa Monica beach, mm-hmm. there were actually shells all over the beach. I mean, really like there were shells. <laughs> right. now it was garbage. crazy. Yeah. They were saying that, uh, where the paradise fire was that they you know over the years they're used to getting this season everything was so dry because by now they're usually they get up to five or seven inches of rain at least where this season they've had nothing so that's everything was just so well that's when i talked to my friends back east you know they're they're concerned about the fires out here and i'm like you know california throw a match anywhere in california it's gonna burn yeah we're gonna have to figure it out you know you know 12 year drought or something and speaking of the fires i mean we have been through a hell of a week starting with the shooting in thousand oaks and god forbid that and horrific event and then these fires i know i'm aware of a couple of artist friends of ours who have been grappling with the fires what have you heard just the risk i was at his house when the thing was going down and i know he was evacuated for a couple of days i needed some images from him today and texted him and he said we're still dealing with all of this and so i i just think they're in the in it all you know and it is this i think it's just this feeling of like I mean, most of the people that I know, I haven't had anyone who's lost their house yet. So that's good. But it is, you know, they've been evacuated or they just had to leave everything. You know, it was pretty harried. My friend Abby, I think I haven't heard from her, but she was about to go back in to see how their house was. And that was like her her family house. So pretty intense. Well, and then you hear these, you know, you'll, you'll sort of see something on social media. You'll hear something in those, you know, somebody's house was miraculously spared and yet every house around them is decimated you know it's like that's not a good situation either you know yeah that's what somebody was saying it was like you'll have like four houses burnt one is standing another house burnt two are standing you know so it's you know the whole thing is so heartbreaking and i know a lot of it is just things and it's you know if you're safe you're safe i really my heart bleeds for all these animals and just you know not knowing where to put them and the you know what i mean it was like a it's it's pretty scary so hopefully and, and you know we're still blazing it's not done right, yet, it's not done yet you know and they're talking about the winds are really big in san diego and they're like they're hoping that something doesn't break down in san diego because we just don't have the manpower right now if yeah, our resources else, are yeah. stretched. Which I'm like, can we just take the guys you sent to the border <laughs> up to start helping know, with right? the fires? Because do we really need these guys at the border, like for the big scary caravan of like toddlers? You know, Who, like- by the way, aren't even supposed to be there until like 
Ex- January yeah, they're moving or February about five something. Miles you know what I mean? It's like they're Jesus. Moving five it's so miles bad. a day it's from so Mexico bad. City. So it's so it's, bad. And you know, and they're ta- they're kids. They're not right. even. It's, oh, it's so, so bad. This guy, <laughs> I can't even. You know. But yeah, so it's, you know, it's, it's hard. And, you know, a lot of artists do live out, especially Thousand Oaks. I think there's a lot of artists who have bigger studio spaces and things like that out there. So I don't know. And for Thousand Oaks, I mean, you know, to have the fires come the same day as the shooting, I think that whole town is going to need a healing and it's probably still in heavy shock. And, you know, apparently a couple of folks that were at that bar had survived. Well, two people had been in Vegas during the shooting. Yeah. And I one of, of that them too. survived and the other one got shot. I thought time. of that too. I was like, we're at a time where you actually could be in two mass shootings. Like that's insane. And we're, we're, because these are white guys, we don't talk about it being domestic terrorism. These are just random shootings. Yeah, you know? just random. Yeah. And, and this guy was former military. I mean, you know, thank you. But for- they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk. They don't yeah. want to. You know, they are, they're kind of around the, you know, he had PTSD or whatever. And, uh, you know, know, but like, let's go back all the way to 01 when our president at the time in response to 9-11 said, told us to go shopping, that that was the therapy that we needed. Yeah. And we had just gone through the most existential shock of our lives collectively as a country. Yeah. And we were just told to go shopping. I mean, the whole country should have gone into therapy. We just were... You know, it's, there's no heat. <laughs> there's, we also don't have a, I mean, we really don't have a leader who's very healing. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, and I know there were a lot of problems with Obama bringing people together, but I still felt like he tried to bring yeah, us right, together, right, 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 you right. know, or this guy is just constantly trying to divide us. And I mean, Bush too didn't really know how to handle it. But again, they at least tried to. <laughs> you know, whatever means this guy, I mean, he doesn't care. He's just like, fight, just fight. That's all. That's what he wants. You know, such a New Yorker. This fucking guy. I know. This fucking guy. He's a clown. <laughs> Did you see Scooter Braun's response to his fucking bullshit the other day? No. What was so, it? So Trump, you know, had that horrible tweet about the fires being a result of horrible forest management in California. And if we don't get our act together, he's going to cut off federal funding. Yeah. Scooter Braun had the best response, which was a very eloquent, long kind of, you know, reply that I can't recite, but you got to read it. Just go to Scooter's Instagram. And I responded, I said, you know, Scooter for President 2020. I mean, this guy was, you know, and as a millennial... He could get because we need millennials to vote. That's the problem. You know, yes, I am proud problem. that a lot of millennials did vote they, in they the came midterms. Out. They came yeah, out. That's um, but a good not thing. Enough, not enough. Know. Although I'm feeling, and it's a little controversial. Okay, I'm feeling, and I know everyone thinks he's too old, but I think with the right running mate, I'm feeling Biden Beto. Ooh, that's an interesting because ticket. I feel like Biden is seasoned enough that he won't mind having a vice president that could outshine him yeah, from right, time to time right, and has right. a lot of charisma. Mm-hmm. But Biden, and I also think the American people trust Biden, and I think the combo could be, and even if Biden did four years and then and Beto came in after, right. you know, and I think Biden's that would be the, a winning the... combo. My girlfriends have all said, oh, great, two more white guys. And I'm like, we're getting there. But I also think we have to be very strategic. I saw something on social media that like, Hillary's thinking of running again. I was like, God help no. us. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move past it. I'm sorry. I know that sucks that that happened, but like we can't go back there. <laughs> you know, 
We'll see. We will see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We yeah, will yeah, see. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, look, I mean, if we can survive this era, I have to be optimistic that this is a shot across the bow. People are realizing you don't get the democracy you deserve. You get the democracy you make. And hopefully, you know, people will be more engaged moving forward, you know, as long as they don't become so apathetic, so, so depressed that in, they become disconnected. That's the and worry apathetic. is that I feel, I mean, I know within myself, like, you know, there's definitely ups and downs in the last two years. And I know a lot of it's just like what's going on around me. And it is, it's harder to sort of pull yourself out and be like, okay, you know, I run a business and people are relying on me and all of these things. And I'm, you know, for you, you have kids and like, you've got to, you know. <laughs> I can't worry about my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, they're on their own. I got enough to worry far. about just with, with this podcast. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, I, I'm all about, you know, giving them the space they need to be individuals, right. <laughs> even at six years old. But I just feel collectively like we're all going through a major depression and we all need to sort of support each other and figure out how we get to the next. And it doesn't have to be something that we sit in forever. Well, but know? also that SNL skit, I'm reminded of that SNL skit post the Trump election. I'm going to forget now. I think it was Chris Rock and maybe Dave Chappelle. And, you know, all these in the skit, all these white liberals are just like gnashing of teeth, crying. And, you know, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle are like, what's 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 the problem? Yeah. Right. White people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, I love that skit. It's, it's a so great skit, like, right? Oh, man. And, you know, because the thing about it is, is that, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, you have some context, right, right. about history and about where we've come from, you know, in this country, because it's it's not a straight line. It's, you know, it's. It's um, it's a journey, right? Well, progress. I mean, I think this whole thing has really sort of opened our eyes to who we are, who we want to be, and all of these things. And like I said, that one client where I was like, I can't, because to me, it's like, if you're a person who like, I like that Trump speaks his mind, <laughs> you know, it's like, then that you're an asshole too, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's pretty basic at this point. I mean, he's such the epitome of like, a jerk that you know you can't well and look i mean here's the thing you know the media i'm going to sound like trump right now i mean the media is complicit in this whole fucking thing too. i agree and you know the fact that you know news is entertainment and they got to go for ratings is one of the worst things that has happened to our democracy in a very long time it used to be news used to be a lost leader right I was thinking like none of us got this much. Remember you would just sit down for an hour in the evening and watch the evening news right. or you might pick up the paper in the morning right. and you, but this, it's like, it's just this overload. Overload. Of, and, and it started with, and, and honestly, I'm seeing 24 hour news cycle is what changed everything. And it's, be, it's this machine now. And, you know, and now, I mean, I'm a marketer. I know, like, we need content. Content is like this black hole of, like, trying to create content. We've just evolved into this just, it's insane. Like, the amount of information that people need. If, in my view, 100%. And in my view, I mean, in a, in a world where the media was actually playing their cards in a much more healthy, productive way, you know, we could start exploring some of the more fundamental issues, you know, around... Trump's presidency and around, you know, like, I like agree. one of the things like, and maybe you've heard about this, but I, you know, I haven't, but like, you know, I, I would love for someone to do sort of a deep dive into the fact that Trump, love him or hate him, is a purely American product. 
like like he is made in America, hundred percent. You could only get a guy like Trump in America. And what does that say then, right, about our culture and you know our country? And also, it, it's a he's 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 the poster child of the last twenty years of culture and what we've you know I like we talked about like the CNN and the twenty four hour news cycle that also kind of paved the way for like reality TV and sort of like, you know, we have become a product of the information that we've been, I mean, the, the entertainment that we've been consuming. And, you know, a lot of it is junk food and, you know, from the Kardashians to the, you know, it's all, and he was a reality guy. So to me, I mean, I don't know exactly what the direct line is, but I know that what we've been ingesting is what's created what we have in office right now. And these people who think it's cool that he's president, you know, know what I mean? Like, because they watch TV, they think it's cool. When he's at the, when I see those rallies, it reminds me of like a comedian coming to town. Like everyone's so excited, like the big guys coming to town, you know, and they're all like laughing and, you know, and it's just like, he's an entertainer and he's basically tapped these, these people, they're not, they're not thinking about foreign policy. And if we're safe, they're like, Hey, that funny guy's coming. He's hilarious. And he keeps everybody on their toes. It doesn't affect them directly, so they don't yet. You know what I mean? So I don't know. We'll see. My friend had made this entire map, but how everything actually starts with OJ. <laughs> Wow, I got to see this map. No, I'll, I'll email it so to you. So she's but, blaming a black man. Yeah. Oh, be careful. No, it's a guy. And <laughs> <laughs> nobody's. It's just basically how the Kardashians and all of this stuff sort of all stem yeah. from from OJ and the trial watching and all of that. And you know, so I don't know. I mean, you know. I don't know. And if you also, if you look at the way this presidency is being run, it's like a reality show. The way he says things like, we'll see what happens. Like, you know, like you're like, oh yeah, we got to tune in. Yeah. So it's all entertainment. Unfortunately, it's our lives, you know, but you know, he's treating it like a game, you know, so. I tell you, if anything, if there's a silver lining in any of this and we'll sort of wrap up here, but. I thought I was going to talk about marketing. I didn't know we were going to talk about <laughs> You know, that's what, that's what the beauty of this is, right? It's, that's why it's called not real art, yeah, because you never exactly. know what you're going to talk about. Cool. Yeah, but yet it's all part of our reality, yeah. right? And by the way, the, how much of art is being informed by this very problem? Absolutely. Right? Which is funny because I'm seeing more Trump paintings everywhere, but nobody's buying those paintings. Who wants to live with a Trump painting? But artists feel the need to like, got to get this out, you know? And But I'm just like, no one's going to buy that, you know? <laughs> Maybe a dartboard. I mean, yeah. even Robbie Canal, who's like the biggest poli- just had a huge show. And he sold a lot of pieces, but nobody bought the Trump pieces. Right, right. You know? <laughs> well, but he had to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you know, part of my frustration you know, with this whole dynamic is that, and I believe me, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm wrong about all this. Right. But like, I just feel so much like, you know, Republicans are playing chess and liberals play checkers, you know, and while liberals of which I am one are so focused on issues, Republicans are focused on institutions. So, you know, the Kavanaugh thing, right? Like there's a perfect example of Republicans not giving a fuck about the issues because all they knew they had the eye on the prize and the prize was we have to get this guy on the Supreme Court 
by all, any means necessary. Any means necessary, no matter what he's done, no matter, or no matter how women feel about it. That's right. But, That's right. You know. And so they won. And, you know, Democrats got mired in the, in, you know, very important things. I'm not saying it wasn't important. You know, these issues do need to be discussed. They do need to be raised. But, you know, I feel like, you know, they're playing a 30-year game plan or a 50-year game plan. Some some conspiracy theorists say that all this started with Nixon. You know, like, like absolutely. I yeah. think I I agree with you. I think that we're very. I think like the Democrats or liberals, we basically got like you know hit in the back of the head, and now we're like, oh my god, like we're in a fight. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too. It's, it's like, like, how I mean, did this happen? It's like, well, actually, yeah, well, everybody has a plan to like get punched in the face. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and you know the thing about Republicans is that I and and, and I know this, and we all know this, but Republicans are not only willing to die for their values but they're willing to kill for their values and by the way they have all the guns so you know i'm not saying that you know it could you know it will come down to a civil war but i hope it doesn't because you know what liberals don't know how to fight they don't know how to fight and we don't have any guns liberals are lovers they're lovers <laughs> you know and so how do we win well we win with ideas and we win with with strategy and we win with 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 love and you know and all those things but we've got to up our game and maybe science what's that <laughs> and maybe science and science and yeah. facts and you know <laughs> and art yeah. and literature i don't yeah. know well you know <laughs> well, what is that martial art is it jujitsu where or is it judo one of the martial arts where the whole thing is about using the person's own weight and own physics against them so it's not about overpowering them but it's about letting them right you know yeah, 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 yeah. kind of foil themselves you know and i think that's kind of what we're doing yeah here. for sure oh Who this knows? heidi <laughs> Good hanging out with you. Yeah, for sure. This is like the hijinks edition of That's the right. Not Real Art show. Well, will you make me a promise? Yes. Will you come back? Yes. Can we do this again? For sure. And again? Yes. And again? For sure. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming. Cool. And uh, you hungry? Let's go grab some lunch. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All signing right. out. All right. All right. Later. Late. Bye. And for those people who are still listening, don't forget to like us and share this episode and uh, subscribe because we need love. Thanks so much. Cheers.